Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Rough day over at Allegiant Stadium yesterday. There's no um, candy coating, sheer coating, whatever you want to call it, uh, what happened uh, yesterday against a very beatable Washington football team. Um, I said all week the Raiders had no excuses for not beating the Washington football team. They were the better team. They had more talent, um, more to play for. But it didn't happen again. And it's the same theme over and over and over again, whether you're talking about all six losses uh, or some of the wins that they've made more difficult for themselves. They just can't get off to good, clean starts. It's been plaguing them all year. I'm going to get into some numbers today. Uh, It's pretty ugly. And try to figure out why. Why is this continuing to happen? The Raiders have been emphasizing it. All year long, from week one on. Remember, the Raiders fell into a 14-0 hole against the Baltimore Ravens to start the season. They battled back and won that game, but ever since, almost every single game, and certainly in their losses, they can't get their act together in the first quarter. And it's pushed the Raiders, frankly, to the edge of their patience. Josh Jacobs came out and talked to us yesterday uh, after the game. And he didn't mince words. Um, You know, he didn't accuse anybody of of anything. But he was definitely expressed frustration over the starts, over the cause of the starts, over the fact that the Raiders uh, don't play with a a swagger, maybe an urgency to start games off. They got to wait. They wait until um, a big play happens or or their backs are up against the wall uh, before they start dialing in and – um, he didn't mince words yesterday, Josh Jacobs. Here's Josh Jacobs talking about that very thing. It's very frustrating. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely very frustrating, really annoying, really um, just starting slow every week. I feel like um, and, and taking too long to, to, to be who we are um, is it, definitely frustrating. And I kind of voiced that a little bit today. Yeah, he voiced it. He voiced it during the game, at halftime, in the afterwards Definitely to us, talked about, you know, how the Raiders seem to be coasting uh, early on in games. I don't think he's he's questioning anybody's effort necessarily. Uh, it doesn't always, you know, translate to lack of effort, but focus, urgency, aggressiveness, uh, whether you're talking about uh, teammates, the offensive line, Derek Carr, the coaching staff, it just seems, and Derek, or excuse me, and um, uh, Josh Jacobs expressed that, it just seems that for whatever reason, the lack of urgency that the Raiders open games with just isn't there, or the necessary urgency that you have to start a game. That was a, you know, it wasn't a must win yesterday, but it was as close to a must win as possible. The Raiders needed to get to seven and five. They had to get to seven and five with the Kansas City Chiefs coming up on, on Sunday. And then the rest of the season, including that Chiefs game, being against fellow AFC teams in their division, outside of their division, teams that are fighting for playoff spots just like they are. 
that urgency to win a game they had to have, it just felt like it wasn't there. And Josh definitely expressed himself. And, you know, we, we're going to get to some more sound from, from Josh uh, as the show goes on because he didn't mince words and he didn't absolve himself. Uh, I think he mentioned about how he ran the wrong way three times on plays. You can't have that. You just can't have that. Not in critical games, not in critical moments. Yet it continues to happen, especially early in the games. We talked to Rich Bisaccia uh, today, and remember, we talked to Josh Jacobs last night after we talked to Rich Bisaccia, so we didn't get a chance to ask Rich, hey, did you hear what Josh had to say? What do you think about it? But we did today, and here's Rich Bisaccia talking about what Josh said last night. Yeah, again, I you know certainly respect Josh's thoughts, and I'm not really sure what coast means, to be honest with you. Um, we didn't get off to a very good start on offense, so um, he's entitled to his opinion, and uh We'd all like to fat start faster. We'd all like to finish a lot faster than we have as well. So we'll see what the future brings in those two categories. Well, the future has to be in a hurry, like on Sunday, flat out, point blank. Because they're going to get boat raced in Kansas City if they don't get off to a faster start than they have, or certainly than they did yesterday. They need a Dallas Cowboys type of a start. And that's what's so frustrating for the Raiders because they – they were coming off a game where they were clicking from the get-go. They scored a touchdown against the Dallas Cowboys. What was it, 56-yard touchdown, the third play of the game? And it was on from that point on. Against a lesser team at home, the Washington football team, it was complete opposite world again. And this is continuing to happen. Check this out. The Raiders are averaging the 18th fewest first quarter points in the NFL at 3.5 points per quarter. That's 42 points in the entire season in the first quarter. That's by far their fewest point total quarter of all four quarters. In the second period, they're averaging six points a game. In the third, 6.5. In the fourth, 5.6. The Raiders have been outscored 72 to 42 this year in the first quarter. Their 24 first downs are by far their fewest first downs of any quarter. By the way, you could read all this. I cover the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review Journal. If you download the app Vegas Nation or just go to VegasNation.com, uh, this story should be posted uh, by now over at the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, but I'm going to give it to you for free right here. 24 first downs. In the first quarter this year, there's been 12 games, so 12 first quarters, 24 first downs. By far, their fewest first downs of any quarter. You want to put that in perspective? They've got 43 first downs in the second quarter. They've got 36 first downs in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, they've got 45 first downs. Their 44.8% first quarter possession share is 29th in the league. That measures um, how much, how you know the, the the percentage of time you hold on to the ball in the fourth quarter or in the first quarter or each quarter. But we're talking about the first quarter. 44.8%. It's 29th in the league. And over the last three games, that drops to 35.4%. first quarter possession share in the first quarter. Now, 
mind you, they won one of those games. That was against the Dallas Cowboys, but they were horrible against the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, what, five days, four days before that. And then yesterday, they were back to their um, lackadaisical, coasting, whatever, listless starts. How about Derek Carr in the first quarter? Derek Carr has an 83.9 first quarter quarterback rating. It's the lowest rating he has of any quarter. Shocking, right? You want to put that in perspective? In the second quarters, Derek Carr has a 100.5 QBR. In the third quarter, it's 106.9. And then in the fourth quarter, it's 93.4 QBR. What is going on with the Raiders in the first quarters? And in spite of talking about it and emphasizing it. Rich Bisaccia told us today they do everything that they can think of, including jacking up the urgency in practice to start practice so that it gets more lively early and so that the juices are flowing earlier in practice to try to simulate a game starting off fast, urgent, aggressive in the games. It doesn't really work. It hasn't really worked. He's talked about yesterday or today when we talked to him, maybe rethinking the, uh, you know, the the, 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 uh, coin flip decision. Remember, most times whenever the Raiders win the coin flip, they they defer. They'd rather get the ball to start the second half. It's a sound um, approach, I think. And you're usually, if you're a fan or if you're the Raiders, you're pretty grateful for that come the, sec- come the second half, the start of the second half, uh, especially if you finish the first half strongly, which the Raiders actually do. They're pretty darn good. In the, they're, they're okay, better in the second quarter. They're really good in the third quarter. So, um, you know, getting the ball to start the third quarter, you kind of want that. You like that. But if deferring leads to nothing, and in yesterday's case, falling into a hole. Remember, uh, yesterday, the defense, which played pretty well throughout the game, aside from the start of the game, they gave up an easy drive to the Washington football team, seven points. Now the offense has to work out of a 7-0 hole. But for whatever reason, the Raiders aren't equipped to do that consistently in the first quarter. They haven't played good football consistently in the first quarter. Their record, 6-6, six and six, um, explains that. Even in some of their wins, they had to overcome their poor starts in the first quarter. But if they could ever get that fixed, and you look at what they do the rest of the game, if they could ever just get the first quarter squared away, th- those six wins become nine wins. Ten wins. Easy. And you would think, and I know they do, they understand that. They know that. But getting it fixed, problematic. Out to the Raider Nation listener line. Sal is on the line. How you doing, Sal? Hey, Vinny. Good afternoon. All right, man. Hey, hey, uh, you know, I'm not a coach. Nowhere am I any kind of, you know, professional guru or anything about football. I'm just a fan. But, uh, I mean, if you... I mean, if you if the ball was in your shoes and you knew your team 
got off to a slow start and you continuously defer the ball to the opponent, I mean, you would think you want your offense on that field first so you can start something and get something going. I don't know why that we keep deferring the ball when we know we get off to such a slow start. We should want the ball in the offense's hand so we can go down, we can set the tempo. Hopefully, if we get a seven points out of it, then that crowd behind you, there's nothing stopping them. But we keep doing the same routine. It's, it's crazy, which, which, which leads me to believe that we do need a new coach. And, you know, Masachi is a, he's a good uh, coordinator. I'm nothing against him, but we're going to need to get a new coach in there. The only way that I see Clark coming out of this is if we go and we beat everybody in the AFC and somehow pull out the next four out of the five because, I mean, we need to, we need we need to finish strong. We need to, we need to show something because, like I said, everybody from the morning show to now, I've been hearing it's the same stuff every year, year after year. We come up with the same result. I'm not, I think I wear my jersey every time I go with them. I'm a car supporter. I'm a car fan. But at some point, we got to separate what we want, which is to win, versus supporting this this man. This man is a, he's a good dude. You know, he's he's a good person for the community. He's a good person you know on and off the field but we need it's time to get somebody in there that can when the chips ain't going our way or when the plays aren't going our way and he sees something different he needs to switch it up i mean the quarterback is the leader of the team i'm sorry you're the leader of the team and you keep saying week after week how you are tired of this and how you're a raider fan and how you're doing this but all you see out there is patting your stats Making it, making the case that you're an elite quarterback, but elite quarterbacks win the game. I'm sorry. I appreciate the call, uh, Sal. Um, yeah, I'm not. You know, it, Derek Carr is not above criticism at all or some blame at all. Uh, his quarterback rating uh, in the first quarter shows that he's just not getting off to good starts, but. To me, and I'm being straight up, and I'm being honest. It's a team. It's a whole team thing. They can't run the ball either. Um, you know, they didn't run the ball again very well yesterday. And that doesn't help, you know, and then when you look at what, when you look at things, you know, prudently and from a schematic standpoint, you know, and you look at some of the coverage that uh, the Raiders were getting, Washington was making it was, uh, you know, an intention to take away the long ball. Okay. So they're playing the two, two, uh, safeties back. All right. Uh, making it a hard decision to just try to challenge that. All right. So that happens. It's the, you know, it's the NFL. They're going to do things to take away something that they think, um, you know, uh, is, is your strength. Fine. If that happens, the best way to bring those safeties or at least one of them closer to the line of scrimmage is by running the ball successfully. So when you talk about Derek Carr, he definitely deserves criticism, especially for how these slow starts uh, have unfolded. But you can't also put it all on him. No. No. Because he needs help, too. Every quarterback does. If they're playing, you know, two high safeties and saying, you're not going to throw the ball long on us. And don't forget, Darren Waller wasn't out there yesterday, so that um, uh, doesn't help because he obviously draws attention, uh, defensive attention. So it was much easier for those safeties just to play back and take away the long ball. You also had Deshaun Jackson playing, you know, much, you know, just fewer snaps than he did against Dallas. I think the calf injury probably didn't help in that regard. 
So if you want to be more aggressive, if you want to take more chances downfield, which I agree with, that's when the Raiders are at their best. You also have to be able to break it up a little bit so that you force the uh, opposition to honor your run game. But the Raiders, because to me, and I'm just going to put it right where I think it belongs, the offensive line just did not develop the way the Raiders had hoped that offensive line would develop by now. In week 12, this offensive line, you know, you want to talk about Richie Incognito being out there, great. You want to talk about Denzel uh, Good not being out there, great. And those are all valid, you know, explanations. And you have to, when you're telling the story of the offensive line, you have to include that. However, 12 weeks into the season, and you're talking about a guy in Richie Incognito who hasn't played one snap this year, and another guy, Denzel Good, who played one half, not even one half, that is in the rearview mirror. This is the NFL. This offensive line, even with the injuries, even with... Um, you know, Alex Leatherwood having to move to right guard and John Simpson playing right guard or left guard and Brandon Parker having to move in to right tackle. Even with all those those changes, for various reasons, this offensive line should be imposing its will much better than it is, much more forcefully than it has been. And what's frustrating about that, I'm sure to Josh Jacobs, who kind of alluded to it yesterday, and to others is that they did do that against the Dallas Cowboys. They ran for 143 yards against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, part of that was because they were also throwing the ball along. It goes hand in hand. But you got to be able to do both successfully or else they're not going to the other team's not going to honor it. They had to honor the run game on Saturday on uh, Thursday against the Cowboys. They didn't yesterday, and that's just the fact of the matter and that's on the offensive line. So Blame goes to Derek Carr, but blame also goes to that offensive line without question. And they need to get their act together as well. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Non- Mondo is on the line. How you doing, Mondo? Hey, Vinny, am I on? Yep, I got you, Mondo. Oh. Hey, yeah, <clears throat> I just wanted to say, man, I, I just don't believe in Derek Carr. You know, I, mean, I, I hear, you know, Josh Jacobs talking. And I see it on TV, and they're flat. I mean, it just kind of starts at, with with the quarterback. And I remember last year when Carr ran and tweaked his groin, you know, and Mariota came in, and all of a sudden the team had a pulse. I remember he, he hit a pass to Darren Waller, and then, like, uh, it was the tight end from the Dallas Cowboys who we had last year, and he grabbed Mariota and just, you know, he was intense. Like, yeah, that's how you play. I don't see... I don't really see that reaction with Carr and the players. I mean, I could be wrong, but – and the other thing is, is we've seen this before. We've seen good quarterbacks that are above average do a good job, but it's not going to get you anywhere. We've seen it with Alex Smith, and we've seen it with Tony Romo. They've been replaced. You know what I mean? They got replaced by other guys because there's just that upside that isn't there. Carr needs the stars to align for him to play, like – Really, really good. I agree. Yeah, I I, I, uh, real quick, Mondo. I completely agree. He is a quarterback that needs everything else around him to be working out. As do a lot of quarterbacks. You mentioned um, Tony Romo. Okay, Dak Prescott replaced him. What has Dak Prescott ever done? Really, like in terms of getting his team to the next level? Nothing. He's he's basically Derek. 
or if you think about it along those terms. Neither one of them has really been able to get their team to any kind of a next level, right? Because they both need got need their teams to also be uh, in accordance and complementary to them. But here's my question, Mondo. Are we talking about future or are we talking about right now? Because I got into it with uh, people on Twitter. Why don't you guys ask the tough questions to Rich Masaccia about replacing you know, Derek Carr? That's an unrealistic question to ask right now, number one. You're not going to okay. replace Derek Carr. And I'm not yelling at you here at, at all, Mondo. But here's oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's two issues going on. I'm in full agreement at the end of the year to assess things. Teams do that. I ask everybody involved, whether it's publicly or sometimes on the down low, what's the deal with Derek Carr? What's the future for Derek Carr? What's, you know, wh- where is that all headed? And there is a time and place for that question. But to me, if, 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 you're, if you're saying to start demanding a quarterback change right now, I th- if A, I think it's unrealistic, and B, I think Derek Carr at this moment with five games left in the season – Pre- represents the Raiders' best chance right now. I, you know, Marcus Mariota, love Marcus Mariota, all of that, you know, but I'm not convinced that he's going to make any kind of discernible uh, change right now. And furthermore, Derek Carr isn't playing bad enough to get benched. He's by every single measure either ranked 11th to 15th uh, in the NFL this year as a quarterback. That's not a quarterback that you bench. You got to figure it out around him as well. He's he's shown that he can play really well at a high level. So I, I'm going to turn turn the question to you, Mondo. Are you talking about Derek Carr okay. replacing him right now or in the future? I'm good with having the conversation about the future, but right now, I think he gives the Raiders the best chance to win. So back back in like 1994, Steve Young got benched against the Eagles, <clears throat> and he was pissed. So you light a fire under his butt, right, and see how he reacts. So. If, if he came out slow in the first quarter, I would put him on the bench and see how, you know, you got to play a mental game with him. And that's kind of what Gruden would do with him. He would test him, like, hey, we're going to invite this quarterback in for the draft and see. And then, you know, Derek Carr would tweet the eyeballs. So I would bench him if he played poorly, right? And I know. So you would have benched him yesterday. You would, you would bench him yesterday. I would have I sat him and let Mariota get some reps. And then, you know. Maybe throw him back in, you know? I, I just, I, I think that's just, you know, yeah, I, I, I love you, Mondo. Thanks for the call. I, I think that's just, you're, you're grasping for straws at that point. I, I, you, you got five games. You Going into yesterday, you got six games left in the season. To me, Derek Carr is the best option that the Raiders have right now. If you want to talk about, you know, down the road, we'll, we're, we're going to have those conversations. We always do. But right now, to me, it's unrealistic to start asking Rich Bisacci that question. And the other pet peeve that I have is you guys out there on Twitter and all that, you want us to ask these angry questions because you're angry. I'm not angry. (laughs) I'm a reporter. I don't get invested in all that. So I'm not going to be asking questions the way you want me to ask questions, all angry and all that. It's silly. It's not an inquisition at these press conferences. They're doing their job. I'm doing mine. I'm not here to ask angry questions on your behalf. We're going to go out to our good friend Q Myers. I know he's got some thoughts about this as well. Uh, Q Myers, who's at the Underground over at the Oyo Hotel. What's up, my brother? Man, chilling, man. Having a good time. Ready for this game. I'm excited about this, man. AFC first place on the line, AFC East with the Bills and the Patriots. And, yeah, I'm hanging out. And, and I, I heard your conversation about, you know, asking questions at, at the media sessions. You know what's so funny about this, and I was telling you this earlier, we ask the questions that Raider Nation wants to know. But we just ask it in a way that's not the exact wording. 
You know what I mean? It's just not, like you said, angry. It's, it's not angry. We just ask in a respectful way where if you don't hear the exact words that you're trying to say, you don't think we're asking the questions. But how many times have we asked about Marcus Mariota? How many times have we asked about stretching the field? How many times have we asked about being aggressive and getting it and to the point where Derek Carr said, you guys can say whatever you want to say? Right. How many times? And then, and then at the end of every season, I know the years that I've been covering this team, what's, you know, any thoughts about replacing Derek Carr? What's the right. thought about Derek Carr? You know, and we get the answers that we get at that point in time. But, but, and you're right. They want, you know, it's a professional setting. It's right. not the court of law when we're talking to Rich Passaccia or right. anybody else. And, and it's just unprofessional to come off like that. I mean, it's ridiculous and really childish to think that anyone would. But to, to, to say that we don't ask tough questions because we're not asking them with an undertone of anger, come on, man. Right, exactly. You know, even Willie uh, Ramirez from the AP and also on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas asked, you know, about just the play calling in general on Sunday. And, you know, Derek Carr wasn't a fan of that question and said, hey, your real question is, you know, I love Ole and he's doing a great job. You right. Know? And, 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 but Willie was asking him a legit question about, hey, you know, does something need to be spiced up with the play calling? And so, and that's fair. But he asked it in a respectful way. Right. Exactly. That's the, and and the other part is no one that's telling saying those things on Twitter would actually do it themselves. They yeah. would be out there taking photos with these guys or asking for autographs. Let's be honest about the situation. Right. Uh, and I get the and I I always Q and I know you do too. We get the frustration. We get the anger. But we're not. I'm not a fan. Right. I'm a reporter, and I'm not going to ask a question. Derek Carr, why didn't you? Or Rich Basachi, why didn't you? Come right, on, right. how think no. about how bad that sounds. Right, exactly, and you know, and, and even me as a guy who is a fan, grew up a fan of the Silver and Black. I have no problem saying that. I I say it all the time. I understand the frustration of Raider Nation. Of they want a winner. You know, they want to see a winner at home. They want to see a winner. They want to spend. They spend all this money to come to the games. They want to see a winning product. We, I, I get all that, and so I do try to ask questions that. You know, they want to know, again, hey, did you think about using Marcus Mariota a little bit more in the red zone? And, and what, what's Rich Passaccia have been saying for a couple weeks? We're trying to implement him a little bit more. We saw that yesterday. I mean, so it's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like the questions aren't being asked, and it's not like Rich Passaccia is not answering them truthfully. We're going to try more. You saw a play where Derek Carr was under center and Marcus Mariota was out wide. Yes. I got one more for you, Q. Okay. All right. So the, the the conversation that I was having on Twitter was there are fans who want to sit Derek Carr down right now. <laughs> right. And it's like <laughs> you got guys in there fighting for their jobs. Let's right. be frank about right. that. Yeah. Everybody. Yep. To to explore, we got to figure out who our next if if Marcus Mariota could be our next quarterback. And I'm like, who's our? <laughs> like, right. I get you're a fan. Right. But Rich Bisa Rich Bisaccia might not be. Next year, I mean, there's a lot of people that might not be here. There's no guarantee anybody will be here next year. Yeah, so they're not thinking about experimenting for no. next year. That's not guaranteed for them. No, no. What they're trying to do is they're trying to finish out this season. They got five games left, all against AFC opponents, and they're trying to win every one. I'm not saying they're going to. Right. I'm saying they're trying to win. And and like you mentioned, Derek Carr gives you the best chance to win right now. That's the only point that can be made and the only thing that they can focus on because that's the only thing that they have somewhat control over. Next year is going to take care of next year. Exactly. They'll have the whole offseason, and it's going to be a hell of an offseason. I'll tell you that. It will not be boring. There will be plenty of stuff to talk about, but – all they care about is the five games they have left trying to finish off strong. Simple as that. I am at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge. 
Uh, we're preparing for Monday Night Football, the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. Come on by. I've been handing out a bunch of T-shirts, down to about three or four T-shirts left. Uh, got some Hooters calendars 2022, a great drink and food specials going on right now, and a lot of cool fans here, including, including Raider fans are here as well. So come on by, hang out right now. Again, the Oyo Underground Lounge, Hotel and Casino. We're going to be here till at least halftime of the game, depending on how it goes. Just come on by and hang out with us. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Yeah, man, that's why I was telling I was telling him when we was coming in. I'm like, man, uh, I, went the wrong, I went the wrong way on three plays. Three plays today. Uh, I ran the wrong route and I went the wrong way. It wasn't major plays. They didn't really make a difference in the game. Um, still gain yards on one of the runs, but it's just little details. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so that's really the only plays that I kind of got on my mind. I'm like, damn, you know, it's just kind of frustrating. Um, so it's just I'm gonna have to go come in and practice and and work on it and really put my mind into it. So yeah. That's Josh Jacobs being honest about it too. Uh, he he ran the wrong way three times. And uh, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. It's Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. Uh, we're going to get to Sam Gordon, our good friend, in just one minute. But I want to say something about that. Uh, you know, everyone that wants to blame the quarterback all the time, you got no idea how many times that actually happens. The offensive guard blocking the wrong guy. The tight end uh, not making the chip before he goes out on his pass route. The wide receiver who wasn't on the same page with the quarterback. You want to talk always about the quarterback, that's all well and good. But I learned a long time ago, you better be careful and understand what you're talking about if you're going to just start throwing people under the bus. Because 99.9% of the time, you have no idea what the play was, what the responsibility was the wide receiver what saw, what maybe the tackle didn't do, or the running back or the fullback, and it's always on the quarterback. That's who gets the blame when guys are sometimes running into each other. Like, that's straight up. Straight up. So before you start throwing Derek Carr under the bus, and I'm not sitting here saying he doesn't deserve some criticism, because he does. But there's other dudes that are involved in it as well. And a lot of times it falls on the quarterback's shoulders because it looks like he's messing up when maybe two other people didn't do what they were supposed to do, just like Josh Jacobs just explained. And he was honest about it and saying, man, I screwed up three times. Who knows what those plays were and what they might have prevented happening. So just a little a little reminder that it's not always on the quarterback. Going to go back out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in my good friend. I'm fired up here. I'm fired up. Welcome in my good friend and colleague, Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, you can read both of our and all of our stuff uh, over at the Las Vegas Review Journal. Just download the app, Vegas Nation, or go to uh, VegasNation.com. We got you covered from A to Z. You want stories, you want videos, you want podcasts, columns, grades, everything. Uh, we've got you covered over at Vegas Nation. Uh, Sam Gordon, you heard Josh uh, Jacobs yesterday. I know that he went off a little bit. Um, you know, about how things are, the state of the first quarter, the state of the starts for the Raiders. Uh, it's been ugly, flat out been ugly. And, you know, he was kind of at the edge of his patience right there, and he kind of let it be known, be known uh, yesterday. Uh, you were there. What would you think about uh, what Mr. Jacobs had to say? Yeah, but, you know, I think um, I get it. 
I get it, right? This this is a, a team for the first you know half of the season that at least on the offensive side of the ball and the defense. I mean, it was five and two, Vinny. They were five and two, uh, and you're not five and two by accident. Offense offense was playing well, and the defense much improved, and still is for the most point um, after a, a disastrous 2020 that we talked about at nauseum. Uh, but you look at the last five games, uh, last before the last five games, Vinny, the offense 16 points. Or fewer, and you know, you hear Josh Jacobs talk. This is on a guy who, in the first two years of his career, especially last year in the early part of this year, was on a you know really solid offense, a, a very good offensive team, and that just it hasn't been the case for the last month and a half, or not you know, or, yeah, roughly a month and a half or five weeks or so, whatever it is. So there, there's there's no doubt there's frustration um, building. And to your point, uh, I mean, I'm fired up too. I hear where you're coming from. Uh, it's it's football's the ultimate team game. It, it takes all eleven on both sides. I know I'm not saying anything that nobody doesn't already know, but it really does. It, it really does to execute home run plays or big plays or even plays that just gain five, six, seven yards. It takes all 11 um, guys being on the same page and executing at a high level. And the fact that, um, you know, like you said, credit to him for, for being forthcoming about, about his execution or lack thereof. The fact that um, we're in December and there's still those kind of issues um, point to, to to where the Raiders are at right now uh, overall, especially on that offensive side of the ball. So it's dire straits right now. I don't think there's any secret about that. Uh, the team did not have a good showing yesterday. Once again, I thought the offense was way too horizontal, not enough verticality, especially after the Dallas game where the Raiders showed they can get down the field on the road against a very good defense in a huge spot. That all went away yesterday for whatever reason, and now you're 500 with five games left, three of them against division opponents. We know how tough those games can be. And then two on the road against uh, other teams jockeying for position in the AFC uh, playoff picture with, with Cleveland and Indianapolis. So yesterday was one uh, I felt like the Raiders had to have. I thought that they would win coming in, and, and it's one that they obviously lost. And, and now they're 6-6 six and six, uh, with, with a month uh, to play. Sam, buckle up. I got some numbers for you. They're not good. Okay. The Raiders are averaging the 18th fewest first quarter points in the NFL at 3.5 points per first quarter. Their 42 points in the first quarter are their fewest of any quarter. They're averaging six points in the second quarter, 6.5 points in the third quarter, 5.6 points in the fourth quarter. They've been outscored 72 to 42 in first quarters. Their 24 first downs are their fewest first downs per quarter of any quarter. They have 43 in the second quarter, 36 in the third, 45 in the first Derek Carr has an 83.9 first quarter quarterback rating. It's 100.5 in the second quarter. It's 106.9 in the third quarter. And it's 93.4 in the fourth quarter. Samuel, what the heck is happening to the Raiders in the first quarter? And how? why can't they get this figured out? That's the million-dollar question, Vinny. Uh, this, that is the million-dollar question. I feel like that even dates back to last year, and certainly at the beginning, you know, all year this year, like you mentioned, the numbers, the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, this is an offense that it feels like it's very much stuck in the mud, uh, especially in the early goings. It's just a lot of horizontal stuff, a lot of run plays, just not a lot of aggression uh, early on for the most part. At least that's how it feels. We certainly saw that play out. Um, yesterday at Allegiant Stadium where there's nothing doing. And, and as a result, again, Washington, on the other hand, goes right down the field, uh, marches right down the field for, for a 7-0 lead on his, on his first drive. And that really, I thought, set the tone uh, for a game like yesterday's game. It was physical, uh, low scoring, very defensive oriented. But, but the Raiders always felt like they were looking up uh, at Washington throughout the game. Even when they had the lead late, it, it just felt like that kind of game where you're always climbing and climbing and climbing and have to make up 
for how you started the game and the slow starts. And that, of course, isn't just limited to Sunday. Yesterday, uh, that's been the case all season. And it, it puts you in a, it puts you behind the eight ball a little bit, and you're you're, you're having to play catch up. And and I, you know, I don't, I'm not exactly. You know, I'm not in, as you know, I'm not in any of those meetings and all those conversations. I know a lot of teams around the NFL script their first 15 plays or like to script their opening drive so that way they know they can come out and have 8, 10, 12, 15 plays they feel good about that they repped a bunch in practice over and over. I'm not sure if that's happening with the Raiders. If it's not, maybe it's something that they can take a look at. And if it is, maybe it's time to kind of switch uh, what kind of plays are being called and, and get a little bit more aggressive and change things up. But whatever it is, Vinny, like you said, the numbers ain't good. Uh, it's been problematic all season, and the the the, la- the, the sudden sputtering of the offense uh, over the last five games, something that, you know, in, in September, who would have predicted that, the way this, the ball was moving and the way Derek Carr uh, was producing, like, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, um, that hasn't been the case the last five weeks, and, and they are running out of time to figure it out. I, it's it's a great point that, that that has really been an issue to plague the Raiders this year, uh, and, and it's something that they, for whatever reason, haven't been able to solve, and they're running out of time to do so. You can follow him at by Sam Gordon uh, on Twitter. Sam Gordon, uh, everyone always says, well, just ditch the run game. I say, no, <laughs> you got to be able to run the ball. And if if you're if there's one thing that I I sincerely can put my finger on on what has potentially led to some of these issues, it's the fact that the Raiders can't run uh, the ball, um, you know, consistently. And I think running the ball frees things up downfield. It forces teams to honor the run. That means you got more room to throw it. The play-action pass becomes a little bit more prevalent. Uh, You know, on Washington's first drive, they ran for 22 yards on the first play. It just set the whole tone for the rest of Mm -hmm. that drive. Uh, and they just kind of picked apart uh, the the Raiders from that point on. A lot of it was play action, some of the uh, some of the misdirection that they were doing on some fake handoffs and things like that. But it set a tone from the first play on. And so I'm, you know, I know be aggressive, throw the ball downfield. Derek's got to be more aggressive. How about run the ball successfully to start games off? How much would that help? Do you think? Yeah, I think I don't. I certainly don't think it would hurt. I, I just think that. At this point, with the way the offensive lines played, it really hasn't quite gelled yet as a running unit. And to your, but to your point, though, Vinny, um, not being able to run the ball, possibly having a you know a slow start, a quick three and out early on in the game, and then you're behind seven nothing or ten nothing. When you're in the hole early, that takes away your ability to run the ball later in the game. So if if you can't run the ball early and you're in a hole, then you're not really running the ball at all. And I feel like that's the situation the Raiders have found themselves in. It feels like this year, Vinny, when the Raiders are able to, to, to have a strong start, and I know those strong starts have been few or far between, but take the Dallas game, for instance, where there is a, an opening drive or there is a touchdown early in the game and you're able to, to, to get some plays going on the field. They have one of their best rushing outings in that game, and it felt like they the run worked in concert with the pass, where because the passing game was humming, that opened some things up in the run game and vice versa. Um, that, that balance isn't, just isn't something that they've been able to find on a, on a consistent basis. And really, I think some of those issues um, started last year. Uh, of course, Josh Jacobs was more productive last year, but he wasn't quite the same player that he was um, as a rookie in 2019. And then coming into the, to the year, even in the opening game uh, against the Baltimore Ravens, I, I believe he got a little banged up in that game. And, and it was one of those games where Derek Carr uh, just kind of had to go out there and wing it and win the game. And, and at that really has kind of set the tone for for the way the rushing offense has worked all year. So I think it's a little too late to all of a sudden revert and, and to, to unlock and open up the running game in, in a traditional sense. But I do think more balance has tended to help this team out, um, especially if, if they can get some big plays in the passing game early. So, so it's twofold. But I do see your point, and I think it's an important element that the offense has completely lacked. 
Um, just because it's a passing league, and, and, and of course it is now, the, the best teams in the NFL are able to move the ball efficiently through the air. That doesn't mean it's against the rules or against the law to have a good running game. I mean, there are, there are good teams uh, in the NFL that have balance. The Green Bay Packers, for example, being one of them where there is balance between the passing and the running game. It's just that the Raiders, for whatever reason, haven't been able to find that. And uh, that's been something probably worth addressing um, in the offseason, trying to figure out ways to unlock that, what, 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 what that looks like, what those changes are. I'm not sure. There's a number of them that could be made. But they have to figure something out because it's been non-existent for virtually the whole season. And I think, to your point, it's part of the reason the Raiders are where they are uh, at 6-6. Six and six. It's been too much Derek Carr bust. They ran it 16 times yesterday. Uh, Washington ran it 30 times. Um, it's just you. It's 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 to me. It's it's not a it's not a winning recipe uh, if you're throwing it 38 times and only running it 16 times. And the one thing that I did like about Washington, uh, they did it creatively on the ground. Uh, they did a lot of um, you know creative type runs to get you know different looks to get guys moving in the opposite direction. Uh, I think that offensive line and and maybe just a new some new blood in the running game, some new creativity plays, schemes uh, would go a long way. But like you said, uh, with five games left to play, you got to go with what brung you. Um, and it's the run game probably isn't a, a big part of that, even though uh, it, sh- it should be. Uh, but as we talk about that, Sam Gordon, five games left, the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday in Kansas City, followed by uh, a trip to Cleveland, uh, and then the Denver Broncos, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Um the Raiders could possibly get to 11 wins. Um, they'd have to win out to do that. I think that 10 wins puts them in the hunt. Can you see them winning four of their next five games, Sam? Oh, geez. Um, that's a tall task, Benny. It's a tall task. Um, I, I think it's it's very unlikely um, at, at this point of the season, just based on the strength of schedule. But if you want to if you want to try and find a way to figure that out, winning four out of the five, it starts with this. One, Kansas City's offense, again, was terrible yesterday. Uh, that wasn't the case when they came here to Allegiant Stadium, but Patrick Mahomes had another lackluster performance. There's been far too many of those from him this year, 150 yards and a pick, no touchdowns, and really a nondescript offensive performance. So much like the Raiders, the Chiefs have had some of those same issues. So if there's a way for the Raiders to keep that game um, low scoring uh, or keep Kansas City low scoring anyways and, and have a, a big offensive showing, which they're capable of because they just did it two weeks ago in Dallas, then, they're, then you're in the mix there. Um, Cleveland has just the quarterback play there uh, on December 18th. Um, that's where they go. The Raiders go, obviously. Quarterback play there has been totally subpar this year. Baker Mayfield dealing with a ton of injuries. That offense isn't the same as it was last year. And that was a low-scoring game last year that was you know, kind of decided by a player or two. That would be the formula, again, and for what I expect to be a blustery, cold, uncomfortable game uh, off the shores of Lake Erie. Uh, Denver's and, and the Chargers are at home. Uh, I don't – that might – be a bad thing with the Raiders have played how the, how the Raiders have played uh, at home since the Legion Stadium opened up. Uh, but nevertheless, you get those games at home, and they are those are divisional games that the Raiders you know, opponents of the Raiders know. I think that are right around that same ballpark in terms of how they played this year. Um, neither Denver or Los, uh, or LA has been able to separate itself in the AFC West, and all three of those teams are kind of in the same spot. Um, the Colts, on the other hand, I think going into Indy is going to be a tough task. That feels like a team that's, that's really starting to find its identity with Jonathan Taylor, to your point. Vinny, a great running game, uh, a more old-school football team in the way that they approach offense where it's about the running game and then Carson Wentz doing some things off play action. Um, that's a good defensive team, too. So I think that's a tough place um, to, to play and win. But there's a blueprint. I mean, if, if stranger things have happened, I would be pretty surprised with the way this team has looked for the last five weeks. 
uh, for it to, to, to lose four or five and then win four or five. But with the way the NFL goes this year, Vinny, you never know. You never know. Anybody can beat anybody on every, any given Sunday. That's how it's been all year. And the Raiders are going to need some of that some of that luck and some of that good fortune, I think, in order to, to win 10 games this year. What he's saying, ladies and gentlemen, is that there's a chance. There's still a chance, and you know what? Anytime you're still mathematically alive, you're still alive, which means there is a chance. However unlikely it might be, there's still a chance, which uh, goes back to my whole thing. You don't bench Derek Carr right now. Are you ludicrous? Are you crazy? Stop with the nonsense. Stop with the madness. You've got a chance to still make the playoffs. It might be unlikely. It might take a miracle, but he gives you the best chance uh, to do that, uh, Sam. I just had to. I just had to get off to get that off my chest because people have been coming at me on Twitter talking about why don't you ask Rich Bisaccia to bench? You know whether or not he's going to bench Derek Carr in favor of Marcus Mario. Not happening. Uh, so just move on, Sam Gordon. Thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. You know I appreciate it. Uh, and the time that we get to spend together, I will see you later this week uh, at the practice facility in Henderson. Appreciate the insight and enlightenment. Take care, my good friend. Uh, I appreciate it, Vinny. Anytime. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Take care. You too, Sam Gordon. Uh, again, follow him at by Sam Gordon. He is with the Las Vegas Review Journal, my teammate and my colleague and my friend. And along those lines, another good friend, Q Myers, is hanging out at the underground over at the Oyo Hotel getting ready for what's shaping up as a great Monday night football game. I am fired up for the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Q, what the heck is going on, my friend? Well, they need to be fired up as well because it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. <laughs> it's going to be frigid out there. But, yeah, it's, it's making up for a really, really fantastic night. Appreciate you coming by, my man. Thank you so much. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic night here at the Underground Lounge. We're hooking up the best seat in the house. Come on by, sit down, uh, watch the game with us, uh, Buffalo and, and New England. New England's on a six-game winning streak. Buffalo is, you know, at one point expected to be the best team in the AFC. So something's got to give, right? So it's going to be uh, seen, and it's going to be shown tonight here at the Underground Lounge. So I definitely encourage you to come on by. Plus, uh, you know, NFR, there's a lot of stuff going on as far as that's concerned. The rodeo is actually on TV. I didn't even know they had their own TV channel, but it's on TV as well. they got a lot of rodeo folks here hanging out as well, so you can come on by and, uh, and do the damn thing with us. We're going to be here. we got a lot of prizes that we've been giving out. Just about every T-shirt's gone, but we do have some uh, Hooters calendars for 2022. We got some hand sanitizer. Who doesn't need some of that? We got some koozies and cups, and uh, I'll find some other stuff too. I'll, I'll hook you up. Just all come on by, hang up now, uh, hang up, uh, hang out with us now. As Demond told me to to wrap it up, stop talking so damn much. So uh, I'm gonna stop doing that. But come on by, hang out with us again at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge, Hotel and Casino with Radio Nation Radio 920. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Eddie, my man Eddie, is in L.A. Make some sense of all this, Eddie. Well, if you're a Raider fan, how can you have any sense? I mean, uh, the logic that goes into blaming Derek Carr all the time, it's just I mean, the, that soundbite you played by J, uh, Jacob earlier just epitomizes the whole thing. They, everybody just seems to focus on one player and forgets there's 11 players on the offense. I mean, the, the, the biggest problem I saw is the offensive line and the fact that you're going to sit there and say, we're going to still play Parker, we're going to continue to trust in that guy, even though we've all seen that he continues to give up the edge, he's not reliable, and that uh, to be able to give Derek Carr time to sit there and let these deep routes develop, yet you release Fluker. I mean, some of this stuff just doesn't make any sense at all, and the, not enough blame. 
is being put on this uh, this staff on the offensive side. I mean, Pisaccia, I under we under, we all knew he was a little bit he was in over his head, but it's just it, it, it's at the point where, in my opinion, it almost looks like he may be losing the the you know the locker room. Olsen has never been a quality offensive coordinator; he just hasn't. He's worked with 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 Chucky, and that's what masked a lot of his deficiencies. And what you see is in the games that they did play, that did win, is because they were playing coaches that were right around the same level as they are. Once they play those coaches, they have more pedigree, more ability to be, to be not only to make, uh, implement a proper game plan, but adjustments throughout the game. I just don't see that now that Chucky's not there. And that, that is the biggest thing. I mean, look at what New England has been doing with a rookie quarterback. Okay, last year, everybody uh, just dumped all over the hoodie. And guess what he did? He sat back, got his players, built his defense the way he wanted it, and now where they're at. They're, 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 they're fighting for uh, AFC supremacy right now to be the number, uh, the number one seed. I mean, if fans don't look at, across the league and look at other, play, uh, other teams and see how they run their organizations and the teams that they put into play from top to bottom, not the, I'm sorry, not the teams, but the players they put in from top to bottom, they put in not only character guys, but guys that are in proper, that know where to be in proper positions all the time. Yeah. Defense is much better and improved since last year. Yeah, I, I agree, Eddie. Uh, that's a great call, my, my brother. Thank you very much. And here's the thing. What are the Patriots doing? They're running the ball, and they're playing good defense. I mean, they're not putting the weight of the world on Mac Jones' shoulders, and he's playing really good as a result. He's a heck of a young quarterback. I thought he was either the best or second best quarterback in coming into the draft last year. That was my personal opinion. Uh, but here's the thing. Brandon Parker, at, at this point, he's the best that they have at that position. Uh, Fluker, I, I watched Fluker during practices. He never looked like he was healthy to me. So that wasn't kind of a – I don't think that was any kind of a decision on uh, skill or anything like that. He was just moving around very, very gingerly from the moment he showed up uh, here with the Raiders. So – Right now, the Raiders just have to roll with Brandon Parker. Getting back to Greg Olson, and it's a good point, but here's the thing. I can't, not that I feel sorry for Greg Olson at, at, at all or anything like that. I don't want to make it seem like that. But here's a guy who is doing what he does best, kind of as a consultant, uh, offensive coordinator under the play caller, uh, um, you know, John Gruden, doing his job, doing what he was doing in Los Angeles with, with Sean McVay. He didn't ask for this to happen, you know, and all of a sudden now he's the play caller. He wasn't the play caller, hasn't been a play caller for a while. He got pushed into this because of stuff, stuff that happened that he had no control over. Uh, he's a good coach. Is he the best play caller? I don't, I probably not, but that wasn't even supposed to be what his role was anyway. And so, uh, you know, been a lot of guys, a lot of people have been put in a tough position over things that happened including Rich Bisaccia. He's a great special teams coach, a guy that has a lot of respect of everybody. Uh, and now he's the head coach and has to make all the decisions, and it kind of all falls on his shoulder. Uh, I don't feel sorry for him at all. I know that he wanted, you know, welcome this opportunity. But like Greg Olson and even kind of Brandon Parker, because things weren't happening on the offensive line, now he's the starter. Is he a starting right tackle in the NFL? Huh? I don't think so, not necessarily. I think he's probably a, suited to be a swing tackle, but he's been pressed into duty. So, you know, right now, for right now, those guys represent the best that the Raiders have for right now. So benching Brandon Parker for who? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think there's anybody to that, that's better than him on uh, the roster right now. So you got to roll with what you got, and then there will be a time and place to make decisions on what to do at right tackle and on and on and on, so on and so forth. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Rich is in the Endland Empire. How you doing, Rich? What's up, Vinny? How you doing? I'm good, my brother. 
right, so me and you've been having this conversation for two years now since this station has has, has opened up. Yep. Okay. While I will admit, not all of these losses are solely on Derek Carr. Right. Right. Okay. But in order in order to hold everybody accountable, you have to hold everybody accountable. No doubt about it. Okay. I, I'm sorry, and and I know this goes against your narrative, but being two of eight on third down is bad. It is. The, the, pre, the previous three-game losing streak, seven of 32 on third down, having one touchdown in two games, being one of the lowest-rated quarterbacks in the red zone. He's not even, half the time, he's not even throwing across the goal line. This is, you have to hold everybody accountable. That is a problem with this team. Okay. You, you want, you want people to play and play with sense of urgency, but yet there's nobody's being held accountable for anything. So what would okay? you do? What would you do at quarterback right now, this second? Bro, if, if Derek Carr's out there laying an egg, take him out. It, it, it's funny, but my, my daughter can tell if we're going to win this game and, in the first quarter. Nope, we ain't got it. I mean, when your quarterback, when you run a play and it's just, and he never looks at another person on any other route, come on, bro. Everybody needs to be held accountable. Like, all I've heard today is, well, more lost the game. And, no, and, no, no, no. Yeah, never, yeah it, it, uh, uh, I, I, we're right up against Rich. I really appreciate it. You know I do. Um, uh, always, always uh, a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, it did. It shouldn't have come down to Trayvon Morig's um, interception or lack of an interception. Uh, the Raiders have to score more touchdowns. They have to score more points. Uh, but I'm not putting it all on Derek Carr, and I don't think he deserves to be benched right now uh, at all. Uh, I do think that there's room for Marcus Mariota in the game plan, and they're slowly but surely getting a more, little bit more involved. But I'm not putting this all on Derek Carr to the point where I'm going to Bench Derek Carr. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. Raiders Greatest Moments is brought to you by MGM Resorts, an official gaming partner of the Las Vegas Raiders. 24 years ago when the Broncos traveled to Oakland to face the Raiders, running back Napoleon Kaufman etched his